Hey there, everybody. Welcome to How to Lead. I'm Adam Torno here with Clay Scroggins. Clay, um, we got some. We got an announcement that we need to make, and I think we need some music. You think we need some music for this announcement? I think. I mean, it feels like when things are a big deal, music certainly accentuates the mood of it. it and does. this feels like a celebratory big yeah. announcement. Let's do it. So, uh, Aaron, we're going to ask you to cue a little fanfare music for this massive How to Lead podcast announcement. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Ju- juicy music choice. That feels, that feels very um uh uh like what 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 did we call it when King Charles was yes. was put on the throne? Yes. What was the term? Um whatever that yes that he big was ceremony. Installed. Yes, it was very yeah, I'm I'm going back to like the Disney version of, of Robin Hood, the cartoon. Like somebody yes. came in and announced yes. that they just showed up. So here's our big announcement here for episode number ninety-nine is that the How to Lead podcast has a new sponsorship, a new collaboration, and we are collaborating with Right Now Media, specifically with their Right Now at Work. And so we are really, really excited. You and I both have a long history with Right Now Media, Right Now at Work. Uh, we both have produced some videos for that platform. So Clay, how would you describe what Right Now at Work does? Well, I would first say the great news about our situation, Adam, is that we don't have to sponsor. We don't have to... Um we don't have to accept any sponsorships from products that we don't necessarily agree with, believe That's in, right. or use. Right? That's right. That's and right. And so this is one of those that you're exactly right. Not only do we have a long relationship, but we've used this. Uh, we've used their platform. That you know, the one of the feelings that every leader has, particularly those who lead a team meeting every week, is you roll into the team meeting, and what's on the top of your mind is what's urgent for that team. What's the event coming up? What's the sale that didn't go well? What's the problem that the team is facing? The last thing that's often on your mind is probably one of the more important things, which is what am I doing today to invest in our team? What am I doing to cultivate a discussion that might help us grow to help develop the team that I have? And that's where right now comes in. Because instead of you having to go read a chapter of a book, watch a TED Talk, take notes on something, bring some discussion questions, bring bring in a guest speaker, they've done all that work for you. They have hundreds and hundreds of series of talks, mostly done video first and then discussion guides where it is plug and play. All you have to do is cue one up, listen to, watch a talk that somebody's given 5, 10, 15 minutes, they provide uh, the ability, the opportunity for you to discuss that with your team. And you look like the hero. You look like a hero. That's right. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at this. So right now, Media at Work right now, they provide everybody in your organization. You get access to, to over, get this, 25,000 videos. So 25,000 videos, I guarantee, like this is, you, you said plug and play, that's right. This is a, uh, what, what our buddy David Morrison would say, this is your team meeting in a box. This makes go. the team meeting easy. You just put this on lots of great opportunities to equip yourself. Uh, some of the research they've done, 90% of employees say that they would stay at a company longer if they were offered opportunities to develop and grow within the company and that's where Right Now Media at Work can be so helpful. So you can visit rightnowmedia.org slash how to lead, all one word there, slash how to lead to find out how Right Now Media at Work can help you develop your leaders and care for your employees. So we are really pumped for this collaboration. The other thing that they've done is they are providing us with some guests, uh, some content creators. And so we're really excited to have one of them here uh, on the podcast with us today. I did this interview actually yesterday 
with Marcus Goody Goodlow. He is out there on the West Coast, does a lot of what you and I do, actually has a very similar background to you and I, uh, started in uh, in ministry and then now does full-time leadership development. Uh, phenomenal story, actually, where our stories are different. He grew up um, in childhood in Compton and uh, has a PhD from Dallas Baptist University in leadership and is just going around the country doing some pretty amazing things. He's going to talk about habits today. We're going to talk about a book that he's got out called uh, Habits, Six Steps to the Art of Influence, which will fit our audience perfectly. We talk a lot about how to lead, uh, either when you're not in charge or when you're young, and how do you develop influence. And he's got some really great observations about some of the habits that great leaders develop. And let me just warn you, this is not James Clear type uh, discussion on habits or Charles, Charles Duhigg, Duhigg. Duhigg's right. uh, discussion of right. habits. It's, and I love the great. twist. They're yeah. fantastic resources. And I think you take yeah. those and combine it with what uh, Goody talks about. It's pretty amazing. So you guys are going to love getting to know right now media at work and you're going to love getting to hear from goody a good low so with all that enjoy my conversation with marcus goody Goodlow. well goody welcome to the how to lead podcast grateful to have you here today thank you so much adam great to uh, great to be on with you and uh, i know clay is out and about doing yep. what he does but uh, just heard so many good things about you all and through our good friends at Right now, media and Brian Mosley and the team, and just honored to be with you and your listeners. Yes, and we have a connection in Dallas. I'm I'm recording in Dallas. I know you're in uh, California right now, but you graduated from Dallas Baptist University. You still That's teach right. some courses there, right? Go Patriots! That's and, right. <laughs> uh, don't I don't mean New England, so because I'm a Raider fan. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, graduated uh, from DBU uh, uh, over a decade ago now, and then uh, I I've been an adjunct uh, professor there, and I'm also a senior fellow for uh, ethics and justice there. And I wouldn't be in part where I am today had it not been for Dallas Baptist University. So I'm a, an ambassador, proudly so of that institution. Not a perfect place, but I believe we're, we're on a mission to impact the world uh, with uh, critical thinkers, raising up uh, leaders through the ethics and traditions of our faith. And it's just been a great joy to be associated with DBU. Yeah, well, that's great. Um, okay, so what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about your book, Habits. Six Steps to the Art of Influence. We'll specifically take a deep dive into one of them here. We won't go through all six because we want people to buy the book. We want people to watch <laughs> your new series that's going to come out on Right Now Media, Right Now at Work. Um, but let's go back to what you, because you, you co-authored this with one of your friends, Octavio Cesar Martinez, right? And, yeah. um, and so, you know, was there a moment that you can think back to, or was this just a, like a, um, a slow process where you connected the dots between habits and influence? Because I really like how you guys connected those dots. I had not really seen anybody do that before, but when I saw it written down, I was like, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, uh, that is the art of influence. So can you take me back to some of the genesis of this conversation or this book or this content? Sure. Sure. Again, thank you so much, Adam, for having me. Uh, so one of the places and spaces I've been hanging out really for the last, uh, I don't know, 20 years, and then professionally, certainly for the last 15 or so, even in, in my postgraduate and graduate work, has been with leaders. I know mm -hmm. you yeah. and Clay uh, have, uh, of course, the podcast of How to Lead here that we're part of now. Um, sitting down with women and men who are people of great influence, I've always been fascinated. And what I mean sitting down, not just literally, but even figuratively, learning and studying uh, about people who are no longer with us, for example, and whether that's biographical, biographical sketches or just reading up on who 
who they were in their lives and how they influenced their times. But sitting with leaders, connecting with them, I was just sort of overwhelmed by what it is that these women and men have been able to do, the impact they've been able to have. And if I were writing down these characteristics or sort of attributes that make them who they are, the pages would just, there would be a plethora of responses mm-hmm. or a plethora of sort of uh, uh, characteristics that really would, uh, f- from a sense of appreciating systematically, would give me no benefit because it's just way too much. You know, what, what, do make, what do I make of all of these? But then when I peel back the layers, I discovered that regardless of whether it was military, law enforcement, uh, university presidents, uh, heads of uh, sports teams, business leaders, uh, faith leaders, I discovered, and of course the foundation being this rabbi from first century Palestine who walked this earth and transformed our world uh, some 2,000 years ago, I discovered that these leadership characteristics were ingrained, that they were, they were more, they had more in common than not, that when I peel back the layer, there were sort of these common themes or these common characteristics that irregardless of what sphere they were influencing, they all had. Yeah. And again, going back to the foundation of such, I know you guys are pe- people of faith as to I am. I looked at, I looked at this, this Jesus. I looked at this man who walked this earth, who radically transformed what it means to, to be great, what it means to be a leader, right? And so when I s- looked at it, I discovered, wait, all of these sort of characteristics, they're, they're common, they're threads, and they're not just attributes. They're things that are tangible, that you can, that you can touch, that you can experience, that you can replicate, that you can study, that you can hold, that yeah. you can sit with, that you can feel. Uh, so I believe leadership like you, I know, is, is not ethereal. It's not yeah. in the abstract. Leadership has consequences. It has a smell. It has a texture. Uh, right. And so that's what sort of got me on this journey. And of course, to make it simple, what do you know? There's an acronym. There's six of them (laughs) (laughs) and they're all consistent with the term H-A-B-I-T-S, you know, habits. Right. And so it's have fun. Assume the best in others. Be good. So you'll insist upon excellence. Treat the needs of others, of course, as sacred and then seek community. Mm. And so that in, of course, then is habits and you know, looking at these leaders, they all have them. And I view real quick habits, um, you know, are like rhythms. Like in our conversation, just in the last couple of minutes we've been on, uh, you know, there are things that we do that we don't even have to give thought to, Yeah, you know, like breathing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm of the mindset that habits can be so ingrained in who you are, become thus become the essence of who you are that they are just part of your life mm. and they're like rhythms. Yeah. And regardless of what disruption, you know, what chaos may be happening around you, that having these rhythms will help you navigate the terrain, the difficult, the difficult terrains of life will have you stepping into a space and place that although it may be uh, chaotic, it may be disruptive. It may be, appear to be, uh, lacking ebb and flow, that you have a cadence about your life. You have a consistency about your life. It doesn't mean you're removed. doesn't mean you're, yeah. you're sort yeah. of above the fray. No, you're in the fight. You're mm. in the grind as a leader, as an influencer. But yet there's an internal sort of true north, a core, an essence 
these habits that allow you to not only thrive, but thrive abundantly, not only have you to survive, but to, to excel at times when doing such doesn't appear to be uh, among the options. Yeah. Now, if you and I were to go out to Amazon right now and look at their bestseller list, um, Atomic Habits is going to be up there. So habits is a yep. very popular, uh, very popular uh, topic right now. Uh, you reference Charles Duhigg's book, uh, The Power of Habit. Um, and so those are probably over the last few years, those are the two biggest titles that I remember that I've read that have been talking about habits. I know a little bit, I mean, there's, uh, you know, Joe Rogan and, and Jocko and all those guys, they're always right, talking right. about habits. And so what's really interesting is I pick up your book and I start going through it and I see habits. And so my expectations start to go with get a morning routine, start to work out, right, drink right, kale right, smoothies, right. you know, make sure you, you write four <laughs> thank you notes a week and all this right. kind of stuff. And your list was so different. Uh, but yet yeah. I can't say that those are not habits either. So I, I'm sure that was done intentionally. Can you talk me through that process where, where it wasn't just, you know, some of this tree trimming, so to speak, this was more root yeah. work. You were talking about yeah, like, more, character. Yeah, totally. Because um, it really is character formation, right? Mm. You know, uh, David Brooks has done extraordinary work on the conversational character in his writing. Great New York Times writer, bestselling author, got a chance to to, to serve alongside him at a, at a few events, but he has a great book called Road to Character. Oh, so Character good, yeah. is a conversation we don't have a lot of. And so when you talk about leadership development, I know things that, that you and uh, Clay are involved in, you really, you're talking about character. Hmm. And so when I was trying to forge ahead and discover and unearth what it is that makes these extraordinary women and men uh, great leaders, Really, it's it's about the essence of who they are. It's about their character. Character is more than what people think of you. It's an essence of who you are. Uh, you know, character is something, uh, the, the root word of a Latin word, carazzo. It's a tool that was used to etch, to form, to mm. shape. And that, and that tool did not bend, right? It actually imposed, it influenced its will, if you will, mm -hmm. on the object for which it was attempting to influence or create or to shape. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., talks about the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. Mm -hmm. A thermometer records the temperature. A thermostat influences the yeah, temperature. That's good. When I think of character, I think of that. You know, I often tell leaders, particularly sports, and when I'm in a sports context, in fact, I'm going to be traveling uh, next week to the University of New Mexico, my alma mater. All right, come on. To speak, to, thank you to speak to the team. I say, often say, you know, when I'm having a conversation with them about life and about the bigger things in life, I say, you know, character will get you on the field, or in this instance, character will get you in the room. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, so excuse me, I, I would say your 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 um your your gifts, your talents will okay. get you in the room, but your character is what will have you remaining in the room. That's good. I love so it. So let, let me reiterate yeah. that again because I kind of um, butchered that. Your talent, your skill will have you in the room, but it's your character will have you remaining in the room. Or to say it another way. Your skills, your gifts, your talents, using a sport analogy, will diminish over time. Mm. There once was a time, uh, your listeners will not be able to see this, but there once was a time, you can see me, when I used to have a six-pack. <laughs> <laughs> now, man, Adam, I just have a pack, right? <laughs> so, 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 so your talents, your, your skills, your gifts, those may diminish over time. I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't do things to the level that I used to do them, perhaps. But 
your character will long outlash your skill set, right? Good. Your 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 gift set, right? Uh, I still run. I run every day. I don't miss. I ran this morning. Don't miss a day. All right. Uh, but man, my uh, what I used to be able to run a mile in has has fallen off a bit. Yes. <laughs> you know, I I, pl- I love to play golf, and uh, man, there are some there's some mornings. Uh, recently, I've tried to go back to back days of golf, and I tell you, but for bare aspirin or for Tylenol, <laughs> yeah. I, I I jokingly told a group last week I was speaking to them when I wake up in the morning. And, and start moving around. I hear myself. Yes. I'm like the tin man. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like that, right? Yes. So anyway, the, to land the plane here, character is the conversation that needs to uh, be considered regardless of the context in which you're serving. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We, we will, uh, we will, we will uh, advance an organization. We will, uh, we will, move forward in relationships with, with deliberate speed when our character is intact, when people can trust you, when your yes is yes, when yeah. your no is no, yeah. when people believe that you have their best interests at heart, right. when, when, when they know you value them, when there's a sense of empathy and compassion, you know, Doris Kearns Goodwin, the great historian who's still with us, she's done incredible work on, on Lincoln, of course, uh, work for Lyndon Baines Johnson. She said the number one quality that a leader has to have is empathy. Mm. And I think that's a part of this issue of character, right? Yeah. Does, does she understand me? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so habits, when you, when you, when you sort of look at the overarching theme, it is a conversation about character Yep. and the essence of who we are as individuals, more particularly as leaders, and, and of course, there is a model, there is a apex, there is the zenith of all leaders who I believe, of course, is, and that's the, the, this incredible person who influenced our world mm. some 2,000 years ago when he walked this earth. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Todd Wagner used to say that bodies deteriorate and character develops. Oh, right? man. I, Isn't oh, that I'm, good? I'm still on that one. Yeah. Oh, so body, do, I to, it, do I have to give I have no. to give him credit. No, though, I guess. I, okay, I he's will. also the one that said that uh, creativity is just forgetting your sources. So uh, he's also noted for saying <laughs> Sorry, that. Like so. that. Um, yeah. But no, he would uh, he would gladly give that to you. But I, it it really goes with what you're saying. And again, I think what's so interesting about some of the national conversation that's going out there, maybe popular media around habits, is a lot of them are very physical in nature. I mean, a lot of those mm-hmm. those uh, gentlemen that are writing those books. They're, they're, they're fit guys that are doing some very strenuous yeah. physical things sure. and that's great, right? That is great. That's why you and I still get to the gym and we still work out because, because, uh, our body that is of, of some use and it is of value, but just to remind ourselves that over time, the inevitable is going to happen. Our bodies are going to deteriorate, sure. but our character is different. And so let's not neglect the habits of the soul, the habits of the character, yeah. because that will continue to develop. That's right. Uh, over that's time. Right. So I really like how you're bringing that out. Um, cause again, I think that's so important. And so, so all six of them, as you talked about having fun, assuming the best, being good soil, insisting upon excellence, treating others as sacred, and then seeking community. The one that I really want to talk about that feels the most relevant today to me. Uh, so maybe this is just, you're going to, you're going to help me with this one, <laughs> but I think our listeners are going to find this one helpful too, is that second one, which is assume the best uh, in others. And so I know you published this book in 2017. So that means you probably started working on this content, you know, 2012 to 2015. I mean, who knows, this is probably something that had been living in you for a while. And then it finally comes out, you birth it to the world, 
and it's out there in 2017. And then the last five years have happened. And this, mm. like that one oh, really man. jumped yes. off the page to me, Goody, because it just seemed like if there's something that leaders need to be leading in, it is modeling this, this sure. assuming the best in others. And so where's your, where's your thoughts been over the last five years of just watching where the culture's gone and how little sure. of that seems to be happening? And then where are you seeing some leaders really excel? Because again, and really expand their influence uh, by developing this, this habit of the character. Sure. Well, as you know, I, I get a chance again to to hang out with leaders, leaning in, learning from them, coaching up with them. And among those are people who are in significant places of influence, for example, even within law enforcement. Let's just take yeah. that. Yeah. Probably no profession has been in the last five years been under greater scrutiny, maybe outside of political leaders and that of law enforcement. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. And one of the challenges we found within black and brown communities of which, for example, I grew up in, I grew up in the inner city of Compton, California. One of the challenges we saw that was consistent with the times where I grew up at even today, and certainly in the last five years, was this sense of having uh, people within law enforcement who are charged to serve and protect and having people in those communities in which they serve and protect, there sort of be a great chasm. And that chasm consisted of things that were legitimate, uh, so causing such schisms in which included excessive use of force and, you know, you know, you know, you know, coming into communities, not sort of appreciating the people for who they are, you know, profiling all these things that we've seen in the news. And of course, uh, you know, the pushback on some of that, right. Part of that, what we discovered is as we begin to talk and have conversations with law enforcement leaders and people in the communities is, is that, there was a lot of assumptions being had on both sides, and in particularly even those in leadership within law enforcement towards the people they police. And so the conversation I had was with law enforcement, in particular, I'm thinking of a conference that I was at, this room full of chiefs of police. And these are some of the leading departments all over the state of California, for example. And when you're coming into a setting, coming into a scene, coming into even your training as an officer, there are certain things you're you're asked to look for, to mm. to to perceive, to 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 give consideration to, and I think that's a difference between the, you know that tactical sort of training versus having an overall attitude or disposition towards a group of people just based upon who they are, where they're from, where they live, and so assuming the best of others, whether it's in law enforcement or education, whether it's in business, it basically says, I'm going to assume you're not trying to take advantage of me sexually, spiritually, emotionally, financially, until you prove me differently. That's good. Often tell leaders and people, it takes so much effort to walk around holding stereotypes and presuppositions about people uh, from different walks of life, having no, giving no consideration to experiencing them firsthand. Do you know how much, you know how hard that is to walk around with that many assumptions? Yes. And that, I, that, yeah. that, that many stereotypes. And I love people. that. I just want to read that quote from the book because I, I wrote down, <laughs> I underlined this because I was like, this is so good. Uh, failing to assume the best in others has another consequence. It leaves you overwhelmed with endless worst case scenarios. And it's yeah! like that oh practicality goodie was so helpful to just go, <laughs> not only is it not fair, not right, you know, whatever 
Sure, um, sure. It's a complete and total waste of time and a burden we put yeah. on ourselves, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This uh, and and that's part of it. And you know, there's a legal term called uh, prima facie. It's a Latin term which means on its face or as it appears. Mm-hmm. And what I tell leaders is oftentimes we, you know, when you, you when you hear language in the court setting, they'll say, "Your Honor, this is a prima facie case," or at, on, on its face. The evidence shows that my client couldn't have possibly done X, Y, and Z. So as it appears, we're just looking at this, I am not going to. And when I think of like assuming the best in others, that's just see, as as they appear, a, as you experience them, experience them until you, they prove you differently. So I'm going to assume, you know, we we say um, uh, assuming the best in others takes courage. Cowards need not apply. Mm. What I mean by that is it, it takes nothing to look across a room. Look across a setting and to see someone who looks differently from you, who loves differently from you, who's a different color, different background, different last name, and assume something about them that possibly isn't true. But it takes courage mm. to walk across that room to say, hey, Adam, hey, Clay, tell me your story. Yep. Tell me your hopes, your dreams, your fears, your masa, your burdens. Mm. And as a leader, when we're sitting across from that employee, when we're in that conference room, when we're in that hiring uh, uh, posture, when we're considering uh, that email that came and yep. maybe we're looking at the language, maybe we're reading in between the lines. You know what? I'm going to assume the best. Yep. I'm going to, you know, it, it, it's more than giving people the benefit of the doubt because uh, I think that's even sort of losses resonance, right? It's basically saying, as Dr. King said, it's it's judging people not by the co- color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Mm. And, you know, again, we alluded to it earlier. You and I are people of faith. I know Clay is too. And I know, but for the grace of God, there go I. Yep. And I'm so grateful that I have, you know, experienced the love uh, and the forgiveness of, of someone who assumed the best in me, even mm. though I didn't deserve no, it. That's good. And so there's a, there's a well-known pastor, uh, or McManus, he says, uh, we're all hypocrites in transition. <laughs> so good. You know, the, Paul, the apostle Paul in the scriptures talks about working out this thing called our, our salvation, this thing that makes us whole. In other words, we're, we're, we're not perfect, right? We're, we're work in progress and, but for the grace of God. And so my posture as a leader is I'm going to assume the best in others until they prove me differently. And uh, I'm going to lean in. I'm going to risk. I'm going to have the tough conversations. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to position myself to be open to, to what I can learn, what I can discover, what I can unearth, what I can, un, you know, sort of tap into in this moment, in this time, in this space. Uh, uh, and that, and I think when we assume the best uh, about others in others, I think it positions us. Uh, to be, uh, to have more tools, more resources at our disposal, not just human, but these, the, the, this sense of the, this collective appreciation for, for the things that we oftentimes take for granted, like time, like, like, like our abilities, our resources, things that are given to us that we're to be stewards of. And I think when we assume the worst in each other, we forfeit so much yep. more rather than what we give, uh, yeah. rather than what we receive. And I love the connection that you guys are making here. But when we when we lead, we take the initiative to assume the best in others. 
the result of that is a couple of things. I'm just flying off the top of my head here. Number one, you're going to be surprised by how great most people are, right? So that that's will, right. Uh, that's right. that'll be great. You're always going to find something. I think of the Dale Carnegie, what is it? The, the 1% rule, find the 1% right. you have in common with somebody, right. spend 99% right. of your time talking about that. So you're going to find you have something in common with a lot of people and that's going to be good. You're going to expand your network, expand your friendships and, uh, and be, be pleasantly surprised. But then if we think about Stephen M. R. Covey's work in Speed of Trust, you know, where he breaks trust down between character and competence. Sure. And then within character, he talks about intent. When I, when I go around talking to leaders, I find myself looking leaders in the eyes going, you need to understand that your intent is going to be read and picked up on by oh, everybody sure. you interact with. For and sure. so this work of the mind, developing this habit, because a lot of this of what you're saying that we do to assume the best, it's an internal job. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. Stuff? Yeah. So oh, for sure. when you're answering yes. the email, you're walking into the room, you're picking up the phone, you're hopping on the Zoom call, people are going to read your intent long before they hear it. And so, sure. uh, but this is the way, this is a path towards more influence. And so that's a great question for our leaders to think about that are listening, going, what type of intent do people guess like do, yep. if they're guessing what my intent is, what, what signals am I sending? And is it the right That's signals right. with all of this? And it's on us to, 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 to have, to bring that with clarity. If there's any confusion about such that remain, that falls on us as leaders, right? So we're not void of that responsibility and, and assuming the best and others says, you know, how would I want to be appreciated in this moment if I were, if the situation was reversed, right? Yeah. It goes to this issue of empathy. Yeah. We've all had, have had experiences in our life where we felt overlooked, underappreciated, underserved, undervalued, uh, lack, uh, didn't, didn't feel affirmed, right? Uh, we've all had uh, things assumed about us that weren't true. And I often tell leaders, ha, ha, you know, people, how, how did that make you feel? And so, you know, as a leader, as we're leaning into conversations and also our behavior, we want to sort of empathize. We want to, you know, put ourselves in the situation, in people's shoes, if you will, that says, you know what, how, how would this make me feel? And mm -hmm. so I want to I want to be the antithesis of that. I want to yeah. run as far away from that as possible. Uh, I don't want to assume anything. And I think going back five years, going back, you know, when we talked about things like uh, earlier, like, for example, you know, in George Floyd era mm -hmm. in 2020, right? And we faced with this global pandemic. We had the thing of George Floyd and law enforcement, black and brown communities. There's so much vitriol that, you know, we had massive challenges within our communities. Uh, I went to Minnesota. I was on the ground within three days after George Floyd met his death. I went in part to lament, to publicly uh, bear witness and to grieve with his community. I had already been to Minnesota four or five times doing leadership development work, yeah. actually. Yeah. But part of going there and I saw black and white, brown people, people from different hues and expressions cleaning up uh, that community after uh, after uh, the devastation that had taken place there and mourning together, grieving together. I thought to myself that, uh, you know, in this pain uh, has become has come a moment of great promise and potential. And one of the things that arose to me very obvious, uh, you know, very prominently in my mind was this idea of we have to lean into this habit of assuming the best of others, that we cannot assume that we have to have uh, the sense of dignity, appreciation of, and value for everyone, regardless of who they are, where they're from. Uh, we have to assume 
not the worst, but we have to assume the best. Uh, There's a great quote my, about my, from Maya Angelou. She says, uh, people may forget what you say, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Mm, that's so good. And so, you know, how, how did I feel when that was said? How did I, how did I feel when, when I got that email, when that yeah. was received? And yeah. so I just, I just, I felt judged. I felt devalued, right? I didn't, I didn't feel like someone uh, assumed the best in me. And uh, I tell people, look, you know, let's, let's, it's, let's lean into this. It takes work. It's not just something that happens. Just, you know, wake up in the morning. I'm going to assume the best and everybody. It takes, it takes, because it you, you, you have stored up so many, so much, uh, uh, oftentimes negative uh, perceptions, connotations uh, about people, about things. And maybe you've experienced something from a particular person uh, over the course of your life. And you take that experience, right? And you then make that the lenses for how you view any and everyone who may come from that particular group of people from that particular region or who looks like that. And that's just wrong. We should we should assume the best in others until they prove us differently. That's good. That's a great word. And again, just the practicality that you guys put into the book as as uh, I just want to read again these three things. And, and maybe we can end on talking about this last one, because I think this one is, is really so good here. So, uh, you know, if we struggle with this, which the answer is probably we all at some point in our lives either have, or we are currently struggling with not assuming the best, then here's some things we can do. Assume that people are generally good and trustworthy and that you'll like each other. Like that, that is a great mantra. And when you're walking in, meeting people new, just going, these are good and trustworthy people. And I bet we're going to like each other. Not assuming that you got to go in and right. insecure, and going, oh, they don't like me, and now I got to try to impress them, or thinking that I'm, right. I'm coming to that to that conversation in a deficit. Right. Uh, make right. no permanent judgments based on feelings. I thought that was so insightful because we may feel things because maybe somebody has assumed something wrong about us. I mean, you were you you shared some gut wrenching stories in that chapter about people making That's some right. wrong assumptions about you. That That's made right. you feel a particular way, and you oh. were very vulnerable oh. about that. And uh, but not making permanent judgments based on that those types of mm. things. That's great. And then I love this one, taking time to get to know someone that you'd initially written off. And you know what that made me think of? And I've, I'm going to pull it up here on my other browser as we talk about this Abraham Lincoln okay. quote where he says, I don't like that man, period. Uh, I must get to know him better. And I was like, that <laughs> right, is so right, good right. that great. he is just sitting there going, if there's that's somebody great. I don't like, I, yep. I don't assume there's something wrong with them. I just assume I haven't found that 1%. I haven't found that gold that's, right. that's inside them. Yeah. And I bet when I get yeah. to know them better, I'm going to like them with all yeah. of that. And he was an incredible man. It is, it is you know, it is, Adam, the, the, the willingness, the desire to posture yourself, uh, to see every day as a classroom experience. Mm. Uh, what can I learn, not just in the doing, but in part in the being and being present, being, being fully alive and connected in this moment, seeing the person that is across from me is made in the Imago date in the image of God, and then hearing their story, uh, their, their, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their burdens, uh, what it is that they desire to be and become. Uh, how can I come alongside them and help advance, uh, advance them forward? And I'm going to assume the best in them until they, until they prove me differently. I know for me, uh, man, I move to the rhythm of grace mm. and uh, I, I want people to experience that for me because God knows I desperately need it. And part of that then is connected to this posture, this idea 
uh, is that uh, I'm going to assume in the best in others that I know that uh, having a posture of thinking or having a perception about someone without doing the work uh, takes little effort in terms of, or it takes little courage, but walking across the room, uh, being willing to engage, asking for clarity. Hey, as an employer, hey, as a boss, hey, help me understand. Hey, I don't want to assume or, hey, it seemed as if, or could yeah. you give me a better insight into as to how X, Y, Z, this decision was made and, and allow that person to fill that space, to give that narrative uh, that will give clarity to that moment, that will give greater understanding to that moment, rather than you bringing, look, I'm about to jump on a plane and come to where you and Adam are in Dallas. Uh, Southwest Airlines has uh, bags fly free mm-hmm. up to a point, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. anything after two, you're paying. Or over 50 people, pounds. Or uh, yeah, over, over 50, 50 pounds. pounds, yeah. That's right. And I tell people, man, you know what? There's no need to carry baggage about people mm-hmm. unnecessarily. Uh, and, uh, you know, you ought to move through life and your, your goal in part should be, I don't want to carry any unnecessary weighted baggage about people, a uh, group of people based upon maybe some experience that I've had with an individual. I want to be freed up from that because I want to soar. Yeah. I want to advance towards the things for which I know that I'm created to be and become. That's so good. I love it, Goody. This is uh, fantastic. The book is fantastic. I know that this new series that's going to be put out on Right Now at Work that's coming out in the fall of 2023 is going to be great. So excited. Yeah, we're going to go through (laughs) it. And it's a deeper dive into all six of the habits. and, uh, And so team leaders, if you're looking for something to do with your team, you can use these videos as a great way to start conversations, to do some some learning together, to engage in these conversations uh, with your team. Not only sharpen your act, so to speak, but help the whole team get better at this. So uh, that's been amazing. And I'm sure we're going to have you on again soon. Uh, we appreciate your time today, Goody. Honored to be here, Adam. Thank you so much. Tell Clay we missed him. And I'm so grateful for the podcast of How to Lead. All right. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info at howtolead.work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.